Welcome to the Success IQ podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 20. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in the world. I truly hope you are having a fantastic week. So this week's guest is Scott Schilling, and I am so honored and privileged to have Scott on the show for so many reasons, not only because he is a a world-class leader at what he does but also I've known Scott for many years and he is always there to support me and help me in any way he can. We first met each other and we talk about this in the interview um, later on but we first met after ten, back in 2009 when we both attended the Jack Canfield's first ever Train the Trainer program and he it was something, there was something about him that I immediately was drawn to him. And also one of the coolest things was, is he is, was also my, one of my very first, no, actually he was my first mentor. And when he talks is he's got so much passion. He's got so much enthusiasm. He, he is very much there wanting to embrace what what he talks about and I really wanted to get him on the show so let me tell you a little bit more about Scott. Scott has achieved the pinnacle of success within the speaking training and business coaching industries having achieved the top platforms worldwide sharing the stage with the likes of Debbie Allen, General Colin Powell, Rudy Giuliani, former first lady Laura Bush, Stephen Forbes, Susie Orman, and many more. Wow, that's quite a list. This presenter has spoken in front of crowds of tens of thousands of people at a single time, totaling close to a million attendees over his career, and commands the information he'll be sharing here today inside and out. He has personally closed millions of dollars in business while helping clients grow in their businesses, closing hundreds of millions. He has helped countless numbers of people find success within their businesses, organizations and passions while they are having had a ton of fun doing it. To have a highly paid expert of his caliber on the stage today is really amazing as his reach spans the globe and his time is sought after by people all around the world. Let me take this time to introduce significance expert, Scott Schilling. Hey, Scott, how are you doing? Hey, thanks, Jeff. I, I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Well, it's an absolute honor to have you on, Scott. I mean, I've known you for so long, it feels like an eternity. Um, so, Scott, could you please tell or share with the guests um, what your journey was into the, the adventure of becoming an entrepreneur? Well, uh, entrepreneur is French for made and lost money many times, hopefully <laughs> on the winning side. So, uh, no, the, the, uh, I started my, my career actually uh, way back while I was in college, playing college football and uh, going to school and became a licensed life insurance agent while I was going to school. So I, I, it was a combination of the entrepreneurial bug, but the other side of it was really important to me is we tend to get formal education and we're not the only people to do that. What was going to differentiate me from anybody else? And I felt having, uh, I was going to have a bachelor of business administration and marketing and insurance. What was going to make me different from anybody else with that same degree was four years of personal face-to-face -face presentation ability. Mm. And as soon as you gain 
that kind of presentation ability, what it does is it gives you options. I was very fortunate. I had seven job offers coming out of college when most people had none. So it gave me a choice of a path because I chose to educate myself um, further than others at that same time. Right. Okay. And what was your main focus when you started to do this? What was the main focus that you sort of set on to, to start this, to start the journey? Was it sales or marketing or what was that sort of the first job? Well, it really was sales. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of times people get hung up on, Oh, you know, sales guy. Oh, but I better grab my wallet. You know, I better make sure that and the, the reality is we're all selling every minute of every day. Yeah. And I teach that a lot in my trainings. And I know it's a dramatic statement, so I ask people to have me prove it. And the way I do it is just ask three simple questions. Have you ever been on a date? You made a sale. Mm. Have you ever put a kid to bed? You made a sale. Are you married? You're better at this than you think. The, the, the whole point is selling is nothing more than communicating a position that you would like the other person to consider. Now, if you're a professional salesperson, you first look to identify a problem and then supply an appropriate solution. So I actually created my own definition of selling, which is education through, through communication without manipulation. Mm, In essence, we're a teacher. We should teach people about the features, advantages, and benefits our products, goods, and services have to offer. Pretty simple, actually. Mm. Yeah. I suppose we get wrapped around that psychological bit, don't we? Well, yeah. You know, it's, it's like, where does anybody teach you the, the actions of a professional salesperson? You know, there are marketing courses. Again, think about it. When I went to college, I had a Bachelor of Business Administration in marketing. Yeah. They don't have degrees in sales. No. And marketing and sales are two totally different things. Many people confuse them and think they're the same, but they don't. So the point is we tend to create our own definition based on an experience. And because somebody had the, the word salesperson on their on their business card, if we didn't like the way we were treated, we now attribute that to the profession when, in fact, I would suggest that that person's probably a manipulator, not a professional salesperson. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the things that we, we heard when we were doing the intro to you is you're a significance expert. What what actually is a significance expert? Well, I think when you get more mature, that's code word for old. <laughs> when you when you get more mature, what happens is we find out that we've all had a, a significant amount of success. Uh, if we really look back, and I know that you and I and in Jack's work, we used to go back and look at our successes in the first, third, second, third, third, third of our lives, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and so, but but by definition, success is the achieving of a goal. It's an inward focus. It's something that I did for me, right? Mm. Significance, on the other hand, is an outward goal. It's truly the meaning behind the achieving of the goal. So, again, I want to be known for significance. I want to, I want to uh, certainly accomplish a lot of things, but what I want to help people realize 
is that they can lead a life of significance and be far more fulfilled. You've had your health journey. I've had my health journey. I can assure you that when you were in the middle of it and when I was in the middle of it, the only thing that was important to us is to not be in the middle of it. Yep. We wanted to get well. Yeah. And, and so all of a sudden you've got a whole different set of experiences that now help you to understand what's truly important in life. And it's not the stuff. No. It's the seven areas of life and really living them all fully. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose it's, it's, it's I always remember, um, I think it was a film called The Shift with Wayne Dyer. He talks about the morning and afternoon of your life. And when you when you're in the morning, it's very much materialistic and everything of like that sort of thing. And then as you let's use your words, you know, you start to mature and those sort of things, is you start to you start to look at life as a, a more important things. You start to identify what is more important. And a lot of the times, it isn't it isn't the shiny things. You know, you you look at and you appreciate all of those smaller things a lot a lot more. Exactly. You know, the, the, I can assure you, you know, tomorrow will be two years from my cerebellum stroke. And if anybody knows what a cerebellum stroke controls or what the cerebellum controls, it's memory, uh, speech, fine motor skills, balance, vertigo, a whole lot of things that as a professional speaker and trainer, you want to not have affected. Right. But, but when you're walking one second, and all of a sudden your legs stop mm. and you look down and you you can see your legs, but you can't feel them from just above the knees down. It kind of freaks you out. I just got to tell you. And, and you kind of get into that point of, holy crap, what's going on? And then, you you know, once you make it through that, it's wow, you, you get really observant about a lot of little things that are actually pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, we were talking pre uh, on, on the pre-call and we were talking about the higher level of observation. And it's quite, it's, it's, it's a really interesting thing when you, when you go through those type of experiences, whether it's life changing the sense of the kind of things that we went through or whether it's, you know, not quite as dramatic that we can still have those transitions through, can't we? Oh, absolutely. You know, but, but it's, you know, and again, I, I use a formula that Jack taught a long time ago and continues to growth equals awareness plus inspired action. Yeah. Typically, unfortunately, far too many people have to have some major event happen in their lives before they gain enough awareness to do anything about anything. But I can assure you, if you've been through something and you don't have new awareness, um, the event that you just went through is called a clue. Something's going on, right? And, And the fact is, when you have that new awareness, you now can take inspired action towards what you've learned in that awareness. And now you can truly grow. You can be so much better than you ever were. And none of us have reached our potential no so how how do you sort of help people identify that sort of thing what sort of um things do you assist them with to to get more 
clarity on their on on how they can find their more how they can find more significance. <clears throat> um, you know, well, it's really interesting. I usually ask very difficult questions, like uh, if something's not working in their life, I'll I'll ask something like, "How's that working for you?" <laughs> okay, and. And I know it sounds simplistic, but it really is. You know, yeah. all these things are are symptomatic in their their clues. I had a I had a friend that, uh, or a coaching client, I should say, who is a good friend now. You know, but as we were coaching, he was bitching and moaning about this and that, and and he was just going on and on and on. And Austin, he looked up at me, and I went, "And?" Yeah. He, he goes, "What do you mean, and?" I said. And what are you going to do about it? He said, that's it. I said, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, you can sit and stay in this and, and waller in it and, and, you know, stay in this funk or you can now understand, okay, you vented fine. What would you rather have? What would, you know, what would work out better for you? Well, if it wasn't that, okay. So what do you have to do? to move towards that new new result, right? Mm. So again, for me, the, the stroke was a, a symptom of some things. Uh, it was purely accidental. I mean, the back deck of my car hit me in the back of the head, dissected a vessel in my brain, and eight days later, I threw a stroke. Mm. So I was in a car accident. My car attacked me, mm. you know? And, uh, but, the, but the point is that it, it was God's way of just slowing me down a little bit in, in figuring out what's really, really important. And so with that now comes a new book that'll be coming out soon. And this new work uh, or this expanded work, it's not really new. It's, yeah. it's expanded, you know, again, it's about finding what people really want in their lives and, you know, what do they want? What are they, what do they have? What's the gap in between, and how do you bridge that gap? And as, yeah, and you you bring up loads of loads of good points there. I suppose one of them is being mindful of knowing what's going on at the present moment in time, and you know that's that's a skill that you can develop and learn. The, the absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, the other one is obviously responsibility. You've got to you've got to take the responsibility that only you can change your circumstances. Um, and that can be hard for some people to swallow, but that unfortunately is the truth. Um, and the other thing is, is, you know, once you know this, the interesting thing you say is it, it, it doesn't have to be difficult to make the change. It's giving yourself permission to understand that actually sometimes it's the, the easy questions, or should I say the simple questions don't make it the response or the actions needed easy, but they don't have to be overly complicated, do they? No, not in the least. I think, I think people think that that improvement or change or, I like to use the word. Nobody likes change, but everybody likes improvement. Yes. So I I use the word improvement. But one of my mentors one day said, "I just want to work. I want you to work at being one percent better every day." Mm. And I said, "You know, John, I'm a super. You know, I'm a high achiever. I mean, one percent a day. I mean, that's like, come on, you know, that doesn't even seem like a goal to me." Yeah. And he goes, I can understand how 365% a year isn't good enough for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in Austin, I went, oh, yeah, well. 
but I, it actually like, funny enough yeah. that you gave me that challenge when you um when when you sort of signed up signed up when you when you took that cursed task of being my mentor it was okay that's what one percent right. can you change right exactly and and the point is that that we all can get just incrementally better when we, when we try to lop off too much and we try to have such big chunks if we would just chunk it down a little bit mm. it would be so much easier for us to accomplish so why not why not make it easier to have those consistent victories mm. and make progress going towards whatever that desired result is for you yeah no no absolutely true so uh, thanks very much scott that was that was brilliant um I could I could speak to you about that sort of thing for ages, but obviously we we are on a time schedule, so we will we will have to move to the second half of the show. So Perfect. the second half of the show is question time, where I ask you a set of questions. I ask every every guest on the show. So the first question is question number one is how much time a week do you spend on self development? Um, well, it's really interesting. I start every morning probably in self development. I've got a routine where I go do a quiet time and uh, seek spiritual wisdom. And um, if I'm in the car, virtually the entire time, especially if I'm in the car by myself, I'm listening to something of value, uh, putting it into my head. So, uh, it, you know, it depends on how much time I'm in a car. But literally, if I'm the only one in it, more than likely what is what I'm listening to is something that's going to enrich enrich me. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's obviously the Success IQ podcast. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Question number two is: What is your favorite personal development book and why? And it doesn't necessarily have to be a traditional personal development book. Well, you know, gosh, there's so many good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, it's it's really phenomenal but i'll go back to uh, a common mentor of us and jack canfield and janet Schweitzer with the success principles yeah um when i first when i first read it and i'm fortunate enough that one of my stories is in it actually um you know i said to jack this is the success bible yeah i mean with 64 principles i mean you pretty much got it all here Mm. um you know that being said, there's there's so many great works today. Um, Good to Great is is an amazing book, and there there's so many that um, that really I think hone in. I'm pretty sure there's a new one coming out by some guy in Dallas. <laughs> That's I've heard that. Yeah. 2017. I've heard that too. And in the second I half, I think it's pretty by, awesome. Yeah. And in the second half of the year, I think it's a guy from Newcastle upon Tyne in England. So, you know, <laughs> we have to keep, we have to keep in, in uh, queue with those sort of things. So, so, That's right. <laughs> so question three is what is your favorite app? My favorite app. Yeah. Knowing you're a techie. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm, um, boy, that's funny to even what would be my favorite app you know up until a while actually uh, i've got an amazon business and uh so i could really run my whole business from my phone Mm. so uh, that's a that's a pretty good one okay um i'd have to uh, i'd have to say that the other thing we're doing now is we're 
we actually have a, a wearable health product that's tracking heart rate steps, okay. uh, breath rate, all the different things. Okay. And um, uh, it's called Helo, and that's a pretty cool app, you know, because you can kind of uh, have that personal accountability there all the time. Yeah, I like I like those trackers. I use a I use a Fitbit, and it doesn't do breath or anything. But it was it's an amazing thing to hold you accountable to get you to get your stuff done. That's right. Brilliant. Okay, so question number four is: What's your biggest business mistake, and what did it teach you? <laughs> How much time we? Yeah, got? yeah. You just pick one. Honest. <laughs> I get it's that's so unfair. <laughs> I've had my butt kicked many times. Um, what's the biggest mistake? Um, probably, in you really have to hear my heart here. It would be trusting partners um, mm. to the nth degree. Yeah. Um, I mean, if I believe in you, I believe in you. Yeah. And you, you really got to mess up a lot. Um, that being said, so I've had that happen multiple times and people say, well, that's a pattern. Well, I really would rather have that. I I know it sounds weird. Not that I want anybody to take advantage of me, but I would rather give too much than give too little and, and create too big a blockade. So if, you know, what would I, what did I learn from it? I learned to paper the deals better. I learned yeah. to actually get things in writing. But here's the reality in today's day and age. If you got a good enough lawyer, it doesn't matter whether it's on paper either. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, if somebody wants to screw you, they're going to screw you. Yeah. So yeah. Um, this is why I really developed my five questions for every situation. Because if you ask the five questions in every situation, you everything now becomes of value to you, mm. even the things that you perceive to not be of value. Yeah. So yeah. those questions are, what's the lesson? What's the gift? What did I do to create it? How would I modify it next time to make it better? How is this going to serve me the rest of my life? Mm. So if you learn to ask those five questions about any situation in life, it will turn everything into a learning event. Yeah. So even the butt kickings are are good for you. But they're I, not fun. No, they're, and, good, but they're good for you. Yeah, and I, I like I like that because one of my life lessons is always start with trust because I think it's I I don't think it's beneficial starting from the other way. No, you know, doesn't you just it? You're it not impedes, open, are you? No, it impedes progress. Yeah, but That's but cool. you have to understand you've you've got to be known for something. Yeah. integrity, honesty, yeah. you know, your word is your bond. People have to know, people do business with those they know, like, and trust. Yes. And ultimately, it's who they trust. So you have to get through know and like. And you can dance around know and like, mm-hmm. but trust is earned. Yes. And so um, I don't willy-nilly just give trust to people, but if somebody has earned it, mm-hmm. but it's amazing. Money can change people. Yeah. Power can change people. Uh, there's so many different things that can let. I mean, I've shared the stage with every name you know in the industry around yeah, yeah. the world. Yeah. And some of them started out as totally different people than they are today. Yeah. I mean, they were really, really, really good people. And not saying that they're not good people, but no. they're just different people. Yeah. 
No, I know, I know, I know. It's 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 a strange thing, that sort of thing, isn't it? Yep. Okay, so question number five. Yes, question number five is, what are your challenges in balancing work and life? Even though I don't like work-life balance, but what are your challenges between balancing that work and life and how do you manage them? I write a new book called Seven Steps to Living Your Legacy, Creating a Life of Significance, which is all about work-life balance. Yeah. Okay. And so um, the, the fact of the matter is you, you become aware. Yeah. You, you can't change anything unless you're first aware of it. And um, again, far too often it takes a significant yeah. event for people to get their head out of their butt. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. just like, like you, you couldn't tell this was, you know, you, your wife doesn't talk to you and, and you don't think that, that you know somebody convinces you that's normal yeah um no it's really not no. No. <laughs> you know yeah and and similarly you know if it's you know you know what's going on our bodies are designed to be at equilibrium yeah. perfect height and perfect weight yeah if they are not perfect height and perfect weight it's physical chemical or emotional stress and most of the time it's the emotional stress yeah. which is the symptom of unbalance yeah so if you're carrying a few extra pounds, if you're doing things like that, the chances are you've got an issue somewhere. It's not necessarily the eating. No. It's not necessarily the weight. The weight is simply a symptom mm. that you're missing something somewhere else. Yeah, no, brilliant. Okay. Okay, so question number six is, what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you'd had, you wish you had known starting out? Well, it's one actually I teach. Okay. Uh, from stage these days, understand proven out year after year, after year, after year, it's going to take you twice as long. It's going to cost you twice as much to get half the result. Yeah. yeah. End of cut. So, you know, if you think, uh, you're going to sell a gazillion dollars worth of stuff or a million dollars worth of stuff, it's going to take you twice as long as if you think you can do it in six months, it'll take you 12. Yeah. If you think you only have to put a hundred thousand into the business, it'll cost you 200,000. And instead of selling the million, you'll only sell 500,000 yeah. and not trying to discourage anybody, no. just trying to be a, a realist yeah. and let people know that, um, things happen and, um, Try to identify those potential things and, and mitigate them if you can. Yeah, no, brilliant. Okay. Okay, so we're on our final question, question number seven, which is a life lesson question. So you need to pick a number between one and 50, and each number represents a lesson, and we'll discuss what I have learned from it. You are happy to disagree with it because it's a life lesson, so everyone has a different perspective. So pick a number between one to 50. Eight. Number eight, the mind advantage. So that really is about what I learned is, is going through going through my journey. Um, I didn't really appreciate prior to my illness the importance of development and, and mindset. And it was something that I spent an awful lot of time working on, which is, you know, another reason why or how you and I met each other over with uh, Jack Canfield in, in, God, it was nine years ago, I think it was. Um, yeah. so it's, it's really that, 
understanding that you have to develop your mind on a on a on a daily basis to make it stronger more resilient you know to be able to think differently to understand the importance of values and those sort of things and i'm wondering what you think well it's very true if it you know if you're green you're growing if you're ripe you're rotten um the the way i'm going to use that quote <laughs> The way that you keep yourself, your mental acuity going is to use your mind. Hmm. And with the speed of information, um, you know, I mean, it took 50 years for, you know, 100,000 or a million people to be reached by radio, right? I yeah. mean, it took forever. Yeah. And now there's a, a million people on Facebook a day. Yeah. You know, I mean, just the speed of information is so crazy. So the reality is whatever, you know, will be obsoleted um, fairly quickly. Mm. And if you're not constantly working on yourself, the other side of it is our society continues to change. Mm. And so you've got to be adaptive. It's really interesting. We're seeing this in our world right now. Uh, at least we see it here in the United States. The baby boomers my age, uh, are really hung up on the millennials, you know, the, the 20 somethings, mm. right. That they don't want to work as hard as we did. And, you know, it's like, it's not, they just want all this stuff and they don't want any responsibility, but it's so funny. It's like the boomers aren't willing to sit back and go, well, wait a second. They've got tools that we didn't have 30 years ago. Yeah. You know, I mean, cell phones, I had a brick phone until like 1995, I think. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was the size of a small car. <laughs> it was crazy. So the, the point is, technology has moved things along that you can't just, I mean, you can. Mm. You, can you it, It's funny because I look back at my parents and I think every set of parents says the exact same thing, you know. Boy, in my day, yes. if you, right. Yeah. The difference is that the millennials have come with so much technology that their, their learning opportunities, their, all those different things have happened so fast for them. Yeah. And so the speed of everything is so much greater. So if you're not working on your mindset con consistently, if you're not open to new ways, if you're, you don't have to like them all. No. Right. Uh, but you know, it's one of the things I teach in colleges when I go speak in colleges. I said the texting and the and the Twitter with 140 characters has kept an entire generation from learning how to form a sentence. Yeah. And it's certainly kept a generation from learning how to spell words. Yes. Because they don't they don't even use full words. No. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and so um, communication is deteriorating left and right because of an over-reliance on technology. So again, some of us more mature, that's older folks, who still have the ability to carry on a conversation can actually do very well these days. Yes. But again, you've got to have the desire to work on your mind, as you said, mm. to keep growing it, keep expanding it, not only solidify what you've known, but now learn new to augment where you are. Yeah.
Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and also it's that, it's that to get, get into the habit of enjoying to learn. You know, I know there's going to be some stuff that, you know, when you're starting off is I don't particularly like learning Facebook marketing, you know, but I like, but I understand that getting a bit of knowledge about that helps me become more effective to ultimately do what I want to do. So, right. that, but it's, but it's embracing that knowledge where I was at school, I used to hate learning, just put me on a games field and that was it. I was fine. But now it's like, well, no, I, I, I absolutely love learning something because I'm specifically learning about my craft or something exactly. to do with it. You know, we have the great thing is, is now we have a, a we have the choice to choose what we want to learn when we get to a certain when we leave school. We're, we're not forced down a corridor. We can choose, what, you know, what we want to learn and whether it's to, you know, for example, you use Jack Canfield's book, you know, when you when you look through that and it is probably as thick as a Bible. You know, but you you read through that and you just think there's so much golden gems in these in these pages, and there's so much more information out there that we can have access to far far quicker than it used to be. I mean, I remember when we we're a kid, when I was a kid, if we did a school project, it was to the library or to my grandparents to look through the Britannica encyclopedias, and you know where data never changed when it was first published, and then that was it. But now you can go onto Google and bang, all of a sudden there's hundreds and hundreds of resources that you can get and get so much more information. It's just such a cool time to yep. to to learn. It's a great opportunity. Cool. Well, we're at, we we have come to the end, my friend. Um um could you take a moment just to let the listeners know how they can find you on the Inters web and um so they can um find out more about you. Sure. Uh, you can go to scottschilling.com, S-C-O-T-T-S-C-H-I-L-L-I-N-G. You can go to talkingwithgiants.com. Uh, that's my TV show and in kind of my public platform where I I talk to – I kind of do the, a version of this yeah. uh, in reverse. Yeah. Um, if you've got any questions, I'd love to help. Uh, I make – my email is scott at scottschilling.com. People say, do you really, is that your real email? Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, sometimes it takes me a while to answer them, but the fact is I can't control whether you use it. I can only control whether I offer it. Yeah, absolutely. And my, my true desire is to serve as many people around the world as possible. And we're doing a lot of good work and some yeah. more good work is about to come. So I got to create some friends over there in the UK. Well, you've got one here, my friend. Ten, ten, nine, right. nine years. Yeah, that's that. I, I, I can't believe. Yeah, I remember you and your green shirt on that step machine with green juice. So you know, <laughs> it's amazing the impact you make on people. And um, <laughs> so what I'll do is, is I will put all of that information on the show notes as well. Scott, um, two things. Thank you very much for being on the show, and also it is absolutely lovely to see you back to health. I can't believe it's been two years when I was ringing around the hospitals trying to find out if you were okay. Um, yep. And it's um, it's a true privilege to, to know you and have you on the show, my friend. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate the opportunity. Anything I can do to ever help. Look after yourself. Sounds good. So first of all, just let me say a huge thank you for tuning in or subscribing to the show. I'm very grateful for that. If you have any suggestions of topics that you would like to 
to suggest that we have on the show or perhaps you want to give me feedback of, uh, of what you think about the show then you can send any emails to podcast at jeffnicholson.co.uk I love hearing from you and your feedback really does help me make the show better so if you want to find out more about me or how I can assist you to live the exceptional life then you can visit www.jeffnicholson.co.uk where you can follow me on Twitter look for GN Coach or on all other social media sites I am Jeff Nicholson UK if you want to subscribe to the show you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher if you've also enjoyed the show, can I invite you to pop over to iTunes and give us a rate and review as it really does help make the podcast more visible to increase its audience. I look forward to speaking to you next week and I want to take this time to wish you the greatest success. Take care.